0: I, I don't understand how I did it, even for two years, because I partied way too much and made stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. And I somehow have an undergrad, and
1: <laughs> I made it. <laughs> uh, man, that's all right. Good work. Four years, too. Welcome to Shankast number 30. Today, we're going to be talking about the difference between high school tennis and college tennis. I, I find it kind of interesting... I mean, I wouldn't have even picked this topic to put on the poll in the first place, Mark. And I, I'm curious or interested that or why it found its way up towards the top of this. Uh, to be honest, I have no idea because I made this post literally
0: four and a half hours ago because yeah. I'm like, oh, crap, <laughs> we needed topics. But this has not really been talked about ever in any type of not even mm-hmm. just a podcast. Setting, yeah. But there's no YouTube. There's no Article online that I've seen like, hey, this is the difference between a typical high school varsity, um, kind of like day to day competition versus a college competition, whether it's NCAA, D1, D2, D3, uh, JUCO, which is junior college, or even NAIA. So I thought we'd break the ice with this one and see if uh we can help some people out here.
1: Cool. So let's go around the table and really like, let's give 30 second or two minute uh, college experience so everybody knows kind of where we're coming from and what our experience is uh mark what was your what was your high school and college Uh, uh rolling meadows high school which is the northwest suburbs of illinois were mainly
0: known for football so tennis was definitely not you know top tier but there are some top tier schools that have tennis just as good as like you know basketball you know football stuff like that uh so varsity for four years in high school and uh, went to Whitewater, Wisconsin, which is a nationally ranked Division III program for both men's and women's. I made the team my freshman and sophomore year, and then I became an assistant coach and hitting partner in my junior and senior year, because they're good. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, so I went to uh, varsity all four years. I went. I grew up in the UP in Menominee, so um, we we didn't have states and we had what was called UPs basically you play all the Upers in the so i didn't <laughs> awesome. even know what states was until i got to ferris everyone's like i went to state and i'm like what the hell is state I'm like yeah. we had a but anyway um so yeah i won <laughs> so we our, our school like broke a streak of like 54 years we won uh, our uh, the UPs back to back um and i won my division like twice or something and that so and then i went to ferris and got a reality check i wasn't good enough to play uh, college tennis, so I played on the club team at Ferris, but I, I never played college tennis. Hmm.
1: Uh, I played a, at a small private high school. I was homeschooled until my junior year of of high school. So I played uh, one singles. I don't know, it was four hundred or five hundred kids at the school. Uh, so one singles for two years, my junior and senior year of high school, and then went to Ferris as well and. They were like top twenty, top thirty mm-hmm. uh, in Division Two when I was there. I didn't make the team my my first year, walked on my my second year, and then played six singles and three doubles through the rest of my my college career. So, what do you go, What do you guys feel? You know, we've all coached, we've all played high school, we've all been around college tennis. What do you guys feel is the big? What What does it take for a high school athlete who's maybe a good high school athlete? And I think that's uh, I think that's important. Like let's talk about ranges mm-hmm. of cuz I think based on geography, uh, based on the level of competition in your particular area, I think it's so easy to feel like a big dog mm-hmm. like you you're just talking about this. Yep. But the reality is and one of my biggest pet peeves if I can just bet on this just for 20 seconds. <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves on the internet is like we'll we'll title a match play video like D1 versus like yeah. D3 or whatever and everybody's like wait, why is the D1 player losing? To the, yeah. like, do, do, he's not a real D1 player yep. or he'd smash the D3 player. And guys, <laughs> there's like in every level mm-hmm. of competitive tennis, there's a huge range from college included, professional included, high school included uh, from the bottom of that uh whatever that uh system is, from the bottom to the top is a massive four four-o tennis, from the bottom of four-o to the top of four-o mm-hmm. is a, is a huge range. When people think of D
0: one tennis, when they think of that, they think of UCLA, right. yeah. Miami, State Ohio State, Ohio State. State. For, yeah. Yeah. Oh, John Isner sure. played D one. <laughs> yeah. like, so that's like a D one. <laughs> like every ten- player in you know. the Right.
1: The bottom of D one, like we at Ferris, like we played Western occasionally. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. played D one uh and it was like you know, whatever, 70 nationally and and D1. So it wasn't like a top elite, like D1 school, but a, you know, top 20 D2 school was competitive with a number 70, like D1 school, for example. So you you need way more Mm -hmm. context than just like the division. And I think the same thing is true of uh, high school, high school as well. Correct. And with high school, a lot of it is very much limited on geography
0: because let's assume that 90% Ninety percent of the high schools are uh, public schools, right? You know, I would say one out of ten are private schools. I'll look at the stats later, but let's just assume that. Well, you know, with public schools, unless there's something, you know, with uh, the policies of the municipality or the county or the state, you're going to a high school based on your geography, based mm-hmm. on where your family is living. So there's a huge gap between you know someone that grew up in the Metro Milwaukee area, or God forbid, the Chicago metropolitan area, versus someone in Uh, Montana. Like, I have no idea what Montana is. I'm sure, you know, the UP was a little Mm -hmm. bit more sparse, but you probably had more people than, you know, the center of Montana. So... There's a wide range in high school as well. Shout out to Montana. Yeah, Yeah. I got
1: nothing. I I got our two listeners in Montana are are, are (laughs) really pissy right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So just like uh, so, there there is a broader range, in my opinion, of what you might experience in varsity high school tennis versus D one, D two, or D three college. Because you know, with colleges, you choose to go to a college for one reason or another. So And
1: those divisions come with certain like funding and like yes. it's assuming a certain scale and a amount of students to draw from and stuff like that, where high school is like just open yeah you know it's open for everybody yeah, so um,
0: I mean w- what background do we sh- should we just assume with on the high school then? Like Milwaukee, Madison area.
1: Well, okay, okay. So let me start with this. So yeah, based on that that kind of uh, groundwork that that we just laid, I think it's critical for any anybody who's listening. If you're a parent, if you're yeah. a high school player, and, and I, I get these kind of questions on YouTube like constantly, like how do I know what level I am? You, if you want to know where you fit in in the grand scheme of things in the in the world of tennis, you have to leave your little circle. Of like the players you normally hit with and the coach who normally gives you lessons and the club where you always like play the challenge ladder and you have to leave mm-hmm. and go someplace else and sign up for something that's outside of your like comfort zone. If you don't ever do that and you stay in your little bubble, <laughs> then you're going to get shocked at, at some point. Um, I got an image of like, you know, Ash from Pokemon leaving Town <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> with his backpack and Pikachu just <laughs> leaving the conquer of the world. Yeah. Like, I love it. Uh, but no, like I, uh, one of the, I, I interviewed years ago, a top D one, uh, coach specifically to answer the question, because I get it so often on YouTube. Can I be a professional tennis player? I, I get <laughs> chances are no. <laughs> See, I, I don't like answering with, with that. But I mean, it, it's one I of those said things. Chances are, it's one of those things where it's like if you're asking the question, like <laughs> it's not it's not looking good for you. Yeah. But um, I, I I did like a 45 minute interview with a, a top D1 co- uh, college coach who most of his players have like ATP points and it's like kind of one foot in each yep. you know mm-hmm. professional and college to give people some perspective on like, what does it take to get up to that level? Most people don't know because they don't expose themselves to the, what's outside of their immediate yeah. uh, bubble. So I guess I would just lead with just saying a- anybody who's listening, who wants to answer that question for themselves, sign up for whatever your age group is sign up for your state or like, probably not regional. Like if you don't know yet, probably just sign up for a state uh, tournament in whatever your age group is or level that you think you're in and just go play and just go find out. Yeah. It, and, and that's the thing, If for, for the high school, uh,
2: again, students that or players that might be listening or parents, in high school, remember, it's tiered, right? You mm-hmm. have one singles, two singles, three singles, and the theory behind it is the one is the best and obviously so on and so forth. So if you're going into a tournament, if, let's assume, everybody on your high school team is 16 years old, mm-hmm. let's just for argument's sake, one through four, whatever it is, and you played a tournament... You're all in the same tournament. You're, you're assumed you're in an open tournament. You're assumed you're all the same level. So you'll get a little dose of reality check in that as well. And it could be on the positive. It could be on the negative. If you're the number four, maybe you beat the number one. And then, wow, something's clicking here. Or you know what? You got beat by a number 3 and O it'll um. it'll start to give you a little broader range of what the realistic expectations and I think more so too for people that are um are listening and possibly wanting to play college tennis, I think the 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 first advice I would give if you're not big baller d one um right away material where you're playing at a pretty big time high school where you're one and two and you're mm-hmm. already having the college coaches look at you yeah is Put in perspective of what is most important to you. Like I could have played college tennis, just not at Ferris State. Yeah. Like I could have gone somewhere to play college. I it could have been in Montana that nobody knew about. (laughs) Um, uh, But but that that wasn't a goal of mine though. Like I really wanted to play college tennis, but I didn't want to give up the other aspect of it. So um, we've gotten that question before too, and it's just more of like what where do you where do you see yourself going and, and things like that. So that that's kind of the the tough one too because most of the people fall into that range where yeah. you're not having college coaches come to you and and seeking you out. I mean like you're a great example of you had to so for for those that didn't know Ferris we had a, a what was called a walk-on tournament, so it was everybody. And we came from what was called professional tennis management. So we had, at the time, we had like seventy kids in our class, and probably like sixty of them were guys. Um, I don't even know if there was ten girls in our class, but so I would probably say we had a pr- like at least a thirty-two draw. We actually had most, yeah. whether everybody wanted to make the team or not. But so you had to compete against a real-life tournament to get on the team. And, and that's a reality of, of a lot. They for have maybe one spot or yeah, for one, one yeah, or two, one, two spots. Yeah, one or two spots. So, I mean, even though y- you had to still compete to earn your spot, you just didn't get to come to Ferris and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a good, good tennis yeah, player. I'm pretty good. Like, yeah. And I'm left-handed. Put me on the team, yeah. coach. <laughs> so, I mean, even... And, and that's the reality of most players. They're not yeah. getting scholarship money and things like that. Believe it or not, um, that type of walk-on
0: tournament, which, by the way, I'm a huge fan of, to at least have one spot be open to whoever 's hungry enough to get it, even if they go to you know the university or college with tennis not being top in the mind because I believe University of wisconsin sorry i don 't know if university of wisconsin Madison still does it, I think they previously did, and they 're a very competitive d one team i don 't know if they 're nationally ranked this year, but I know that uh, I think it was either Michigan or Michigan state did that as well because one of my former colleagues uh, Jason. Um, played on the walk-on tournament there, and funny enough, he ended up playing. Um, I think Todd Martin in like what? a tournament, yeah, and he was a walk-on. <laughs> he just <laughs> wait, what is what school? Um, either Michigan or Michigan State. Yeah, I get them confused. He, all the time. he went
2: to Nor- uh, Martin went to Northwestern, right? Todd Martin, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. he did. Um, so baller walk-on tournament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, <it> is, <laughs> I mean
0: they get feisty at the semifinals. Because, you know, they want that one-two yeah, spot. It's, sure. it's fantastic. I personally believe every college program should do that for both their men's and women's I, team.
2: I'm a big proponent of that yeah. as well.
0: Because that's, you know, gloves are off. Yep. Let's do this. And let's see, where I was getting at? Man. I lost my train of thought. Happens to the best of us. Ca- the caffeine got to me. <laughs>
1: Well, I think the underlying theme here is like you just you have to put yourself out there in yeah. the ring like in the octagon mm-hmm. with with other players and until you do that there's no sense in sitting at home and asking yourself the question like yeah. how good could I really be?" like yeah. the players who are going to find the answer to that question are in the process of mm-hmm. discovering the, the only way to do that is through experience and, and look like
2: the the reality of it too again parents and players is not everybody has the same, and we talked about this before, in a previous, not everybody has the same means and the same luxuries of possibly testing those waters, going state to state, mm-hmm. and doing different tournaments. Yeah. And, and and that's just a reality of life. But you typically, even if you come from a very small town, there is local tournaments to test the waters. So for yeah. me, I think I mentioned this before, is... So when I was growing up playing tournaments, technically I was in Michigan, but everything major to me was in Wisconsin. Did you go
0: to Green Bay for some? Uh, tournaments? So I started
2: to go to Green Bay, but like it didn't help my ranking or something. I don't know yeah. if I, I don't even know if that's true. But I thought like a coach said at one point because I'm in Michigan, and I, I mean this was back in the early '90s, so I don't know how rankings were done then, um, as well. So I could be totally wrong, but. Um, but yeah, I I had some success there and, and that kind of boosted the ego. But then I, I did have, whoa, there was some kids like kind of, or what you kind of talked about where you were dominating for a little while in the 12s. And then I, I was having some success in another spot, but then I started playing more tournaments and then I started getting thumped a little bit. And I was like, these kids are my same age. Like nobody can compete with me at my age in my hometown and, and and it leveled me out as well. But I mean, but it was great that kind of testing the waters for because you see, you mentioned it before, there's just so much talent out there. Mm-hmm. There's just so much talent. You don't
1: realize it until no. you get out there no. and, and put yourself out there. And it, I think a lot of I'm going to touch on this quickly. I don't know if you guys want to talk about this or not. But I love talking. I think about I think a, I think a lot of parents try are, are trying. You know, they have good intentions, but they they kind of try to uh, protect their kid mm-hmm. from losing or, like, being in the wrong... Like, they don't want to see their kid just get beat up, like, match after match. And so they end up kind of, like, creating, like, this, like... unnatural cushion between their kid and the kid that has these expectations yeah. of of how good they are that aren't really in line with reality oh that is a
0: topic on itself that you just touched on that well, hopefully tennis we'll discuss parent, yeah. Yeah. we've talked about on ShaneCast with
1: Kevin and, and Megan um, yeah that's we can so, keep doing episodes just on tennis parenting <laughs> so
0: let me bring up these two points before uh, we move on because I finally found my train of thought. It was um, stuck because the caboose was out of fuel,
1: and you need some. Uh, ten- no, I'm teaching later. Tennis tiers. Tennis, tears. tennis t- 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 Yeah, that's actually.
2: I'm gonna. I'm gonna r- <laughs> like engrave that on there. Tennis tears. So with that,
0: that is the balancing act of not as a tennis player, because it's a kid, of a parent, of letting your kid get beat up enough, figuratively speaking, but mm-hmm. not too much. Because if you prote- it's kind of like the immune system, where if you protect your kid in a bubble, I think was that movie Bubble Boy, like, yeah. he's going to get sick when he's an adult. You're right. But you don't want to drag your kid by the ankle on the sewage of the Milwaukee River in downtown, <laughs> because your kid's going to grow a third arm on the side of his
1: face. <laughs> But it'll toughen them up. will yeah. <laughs> up. Especially if you have that. You can throw a right cross yeah, like no other. Right. with that. Right.
0: But you want to expose your kid to like, hey, have them play some weaker tournaments. Have them play yeah. some stronger tournaments. Yeah. Always have that balancing act. But for the parents mm. listening, and I know you guys have good intentions because my parents did the exact same thing. And this is where they kind of messed up. Love you, mom. Love you, dad. But, um, but tennis especially on the college level, the chances of your kid going professional is damn well near zero. It's just zero. It's it's, (laughs) it's, it's just zero. Yeah. (laughs) Pick a college with education as the number one priority because guess what's going to bring your food to the table for your kid when he or she's 23 or older? Yeah. It's the good job. It's a career. Have tennis be an important part of the aspect if you want to have your kid go down that route, but it shouldn't be the number one. It shouldn't be the priority in my opinion.
1: I agree. Yep. And even if they make a college team and get a scholarship it's not going to pay you back for all those lessons yeah, no, <laughs> like you're probably still going to no. come out behind on all the the lessons the tournaments the equipment the if you're fortunate enough to go to uh academy or something like that like you're probably gonna end up spending more anyway unless your kid somehow makes a YouTube channel with a quarter
0: million subscribers and teaches then <laughs> it does pay dividends. <laughs> I found a way out of that. Right?
2: Well, they had, they had an interesting article. I think like, it's get
1: you know? no scholarship money, by the way. Yeah, here. Right. yeah.
2: So they had an interesting article. I can't remember if it was in uh, advantage magazine or USD us, one of the magazines, but it was basically like it, it, it said if what, what, what would you say? Top. 150 in the world on on the men's side make a year uh, total yeah endorsements or prizes uh, all in
1: well that's like just outside the break even uh, point so uh, like
2: 120 I was thinking maybe
1: a uh, yeah between one and okay. two so little, expenses yeah. Yeah, too, a little, we'll
2: call it 120k let's just call it 120 but they had an article basically so this this coach was saying kind of the same thing his he was he's a lifetime or longtime coach uh, I think teaching professional I don't think college coach but his kid played college tennis and he Mm said part of it is his his kid wanted it right and he paid for lessons and equipment and travel and all that good stuff but he basically said even if his kid was good enough to make the pros he goes he's probably good enough to make it for two or three years make a hundred thousand dollars and be done yeah and he goes at at what point can you invest in that in education and basically kind of make the same amount of money? And I mean, it went down to this, but it was a good reminder of if you are, um, if you're, again, if you're the parent out there and you're paying for these lessons and you're investing a lot of money and time and and your kid wants to do it, it's not with the expectation of they're getting a college scholarship. I think a lot of parents do that as well. And that puts a lot of angst on both sides of the, um, the side of the fence. You're doing it to grow, Your kid and did something they're enjoying doing. Better human being. Yeah. And and again, the, the comment that I've gotten through my entire life, and I think we've all been fortunate in this sense as an adult. There are not many sports you can keep competing in as you get older. Are you saying you don't see
0: 55-year-olds playing full tackle football? <laughs> no,
2: exactly. I would
0: pay to see that, <laughs> that by the way. Yeah, that, that
1: would be a great YouTube <laughs> channel. Yeah. Um, the game probably wouldn't make it to the end. But, uh,
2: <laughs> but I mean, that, that's a great thing, and, and you, you have that. Something you can compete it's like on, whichever bench uh, is done first. Yeah, yeah, that you know, would, that would be actually fantastic. Oh my, my hammy
0: right out of the gate.
2: The, that might be a few human rights uh, <laughs> breaches right there. But but I think that's that's the big thing too of of you know kind of what the overall lying goal is of of that. And again, it could be the other thing as well. So in D three, mm-hmm. they do not give out scholarship money Correct. for air quotes for your playing ability they can give you for academics even though you have like a two two or something. I don't know. They'll find a way. Yeah. But Thanks Frank. Yeah, but but let's assume (laughs) let's assume again you you'd be a great example. You never got any scholarship money and if your parents, if you they could have pumped all this money and there there was no investment coming back. Yeah, there was no R O I well no tangible no, cor- correct. No yeah. tangible financial. Y- yeah. yeah, financial. But but again, that's I think that's the reality too. Is if you're um, kind of putting it in, it's it, that, that's the hard thing. Is as, as a parent and a student, you're you're doing your own work on this. Yeah. Even even at the club you're at, you're in a high performance junior. Unless you're like in a true academy, like for me when I was in the indoor scene, I didn't I didn't have like a. A Rolodex, yeah, Rolodex, not cell phone. <laughs> Epstein. Hey. I didn't have a you know a ten college coaches I could call on and say, hey, you have to check out this one stud kid. I didn't have that. I didn't. Yeah. I, didn't I couldn't really help. That wasn't my niche, um, niche or uh, a, as well. So I, I, think that's tough too. Is like there's there's not a lot of places to go. You're you're it's it's a little bit of a lonely road in that in that respect. And bringing it back to
0: like the dynamic of a college team, whether it's D3, D2, or NAIA, and I, I have friends that are currently playing in every single one, except I don't have any JUCO friends, um, junior college friends that play tennis on their team, but, you know, w- with high school varsity, right, let's say in Madison or Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is a pretty sizable metropolitan mm-hmm. area, and, you know, there's, it's populous, but it's not huge like in Texas or bigger parts of California, but as you said with, you know, that tournament, it's a hierarchy right yep. one is one two is two three is three four is four and it's pretty clear cut with some exceptions and that's okay but in, in college everybody's going after each other yeah. especially on the single spots yeah, yeah for sure where the difference between one and two of a good nobody's D3 safe team no yeah. it's like this yep. Then it's like hey you know how much work did you do the past literally two weeks that's gonna decide the tiebreaker so it's a lot more cutthroat yep on a college team for both men's and women's, and you know, with varsity high school, if you're the number one stud coming in, it's pretty cemented. It's yeah. like you know, how far can you get the state? Yeah, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. In my experience, playing number six, at uh, the bottom spot in uh, that's D two college spot. I played. I played challenge matches yeah. constantly. That, that, really? That's oh, the oh, yeah. most challenging spot. <clears throat> my my personal opinion, that
2: is the most challenging spot in college tennis because. You're hanging on by a thread every every practice yeah. because you typically, like maybe even five a little bit, but I, I definitely six because you're one challenge match away from like Ian Not we're being gonna, on the team. Yeah, yeah. you're we're going to sit you this week, and then we'll see what happens. And then you have to grind back and win your spot again. I mean that that's that's tough. Was
0: there a number seven on the team that's on the bench?
1: We when I was there, we For, had like either injury, one right? or two okay. like. Uh, they would draft spare players, yeah, for like right. injury, yeah, uh, but like extra team. Like they would come to practices, but they weren't like on the lineup. So
0: yep. when you play a challenge match against those guys, you're right. like, okay, this it's is a mu- a- It's a must win. Yeah, yeah. Must if win. I okay. lose that
1: match, I'm out of the lineup. Yeah, yep.
0: and uh, you know, I don't know how often you played your number your number one guy, but a number four singles player of a varsity high school, at least in Wisconsin, would never play a serious match against the mm. number one. But in yeah. college, it does happen. Yeah, yeah. just That's to fine. you know, say mm-hmm. hey this is a good practice match for the number one guy. And then for the number six guy, who's obviously clearly the underdog based on the hierarchy. Let's see what he can do for sure.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, I didn't do a whole lot of single sparring against our top uh, players, but, but doubles, I was in the the mix constantly uh, with our top players and yeah, it's completely different from high school for mm-hmm. sure. Let's talk about a few other like uh, um, tangible, like practical differences in terms of making the jump like, tactically physically you know athleticism like making the jump from high school to college uh what, what do you guys oh. think are the, the most important you know physical or mental or tactical or technical aspects um i would say the
0: mindset of college tennis and this is coming from a d3 background it's almost like a part-time job even during the summer yeah. after teaching tennis which is what most college Tennis kids do is they teach tennis during the summer. I was working out, I was finding tournaments, I was playing challenge matches like at least every other day to keep myself sharp. And with high school tennis, even varsity, the you could, if you're athletic enough and you're physical enough, you could only play during the outdoor season for high school tennis and be typically fine on the varsity level. That can't happen in any type of college sport mm-hmm. in a competitive setting. I don't know if that's your experience as well in high school tennis. I
1: Oh, uh, high school for sure. Well, yeah. I feel like I trained more in high school. Really. <laughs> I, I was like so hungry in, in high in high school. Um, in college, I worked a lot uh, in summers. Mm-hmm. I, I was on yeah. the court a lot. And um, I, I remember doing training sessions. But uh, to be honest, I probably, I could have worked less and done more tra- tra- practice matches and working out and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I probably should have done more. Honestly.
2: Yeah, I would say just for some context though, I would say uh with Ian and I going to Ferris, the, the tricky thing was that was like our profession though too. So we had to do internships yeah. mm-hmm. and I would probably say the majority of the players that played at Ferris didn't train in the summers, just they didn't have the time. They're on court forty hours and that's the last thing you want to do. But making that transition, I think the the biggest thing in it, it you know, the physical stuff is is all good and to talk about it really depends how you want to start to train your body as your um and all of that but i think it's more of understanding the commitment and the time management that goes into a college athletic and i don't care if it's tennis swimming whatever mm-hmm. is okay you're going and you're taking a full lot of classes and then you're practicing 2 hours a day and then you're possibly putting in some extra workout time and now you got your school and when other normal students are going out and partying, <laughs> I reality is you have to wake up the next morning for a match and, and you know, you're going on road get trips. in the van. Yeah. right? Yeah, I and, mean, tr- and be away from and, classes and, for a week. Yeah. And- I think that is a tough transition. And I've seen it go both ways. I've seen it where students say, I just can't handle both. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I but they can't handle both. And... Um, you know their academics start to suffer, and they they need to take a pause on it. And they're like, "This is more important." And and some that kind of figure it out. But I mean, you you give up things. And this was I think we talked about this last time. So my wife played at at Ferris State, and my sophomore year, of college, like I was super bummed I didn't play college tennis. Uh, for a little bit, um, but my sophomore year, I you went. Still to, cry every night. Yeah, night. I went to Cancun. while she was grinding <laughs> out matches, and you were grinding out matches in Florida, playing like I don't know how many times you guys played, and you always looked, yeah, it looked like you had fun. But I was in Cancun. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Found the partyer here. Yes, yeah, so, you know, but but that that was like those are trade offs. You guys didn't get to enjoy spring breaks of like you got to enjoy the competing of it, which. Yes, I miss, but but that's where you yeah, have to I know what you want. Yeah, and I think that's more of to me the the biggest jump of in high school, it and again, you're putting in the time and we're I, I'm talking more of the high school players that are not gonna play the one spot or two spot and yeah. maybe D one, D two, or T three. It's it's the rest of the, the core of you're you're probably good enough. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to probably put in as much effort in high school and and that's just life. But when you get into college, you're on your own. You don't have your parents on your back telling you to do things. <laughs> it, it it it's it's all the the responsibility falls on your shoulders, and and that's I think that's really tough.
0: So that's one of the things that um, I didn't even think about when you know writing this and posting it on the community is the time management of being an athlete in college, where as you said. If you're in high school, you're in school between, what, 7.15 and 2.50 or, you know, whatever the hell time schedule you guys have for your high school. But in college, some of your tournaments, some of your matches, some of your even practices cut into your class time. So how are you going to manage that? That's nuts. I I don't understand how I did it, even for two years, because I partied way too much and made stupid decisions. Mm -hmm. And... I somehow have an undergrad. And
2: <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Good job, <laughs> I, all right. Good work. Four years,
0: too. That's, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, I somehow made it, but that's one of the things where I see some very prominent and talented tennis players going to college, and they fall apart not only in the tennis scene, but also in their academics because they yeah. can't... <laughs> yeah. They had mom and dad. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they love you, but they did everything for you. Mm-hmm. We're in college... It's you're on your own. You do you. Yeah. But also on the flip side, I've seen some okay tennis players in high school with okay academics, they bloomed in college because they were willing to take yeah. on that responsibility.
2: Yeah. And, and 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 that's the thing. It's it's you're like you you made a good point. I, I can't remember if it was the beginning of this uh episode or our last episode, where at Ferris it was encouraged you work out or you do things on your own. And um whether and, and that's probably every program and whether kids choose to do that or not do that, that, that's on them. And I will say it is a very difficult thing to ask a 18, 19-year-old kid to put in the effort <laughs> to go extra and beyond at that what level. What you
1: have to do. What
2: you have to do, yeah. especially if you're kind of hovering in that middle area, mm-hmm, sure. right? And, and you again, we can't compare and taking another sport you can't compare like the stud quarterback at uh, Florida who's probably going to go pro her, where the job is yeah. them to play it's to baked, go pro it's baked in like, yeah, yeah. It, it, they're not there for school and, and which is unfortunate in And, my and opinion, that's but, another topic yeah. but they are putting in the extra hours in physical training studying film where their schooling is basket weaving or whatever they're taking <laughs> right um <laughs> but th- that is again what what real percent is that? And in tennis, there's really not yeah. on that end it's because not the you same, don't your yeah. your number one college player that is the best in the
1: country. They typically might go pro, but they're but it's still who? up to you. It's yeah. still like a personal yeah. like responsibility, right? You're not like getting scouted by no. NFL oh, teams, yeah. or like you, st- you have to still, yeah, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Isn't that amazing? It.
0: As tennis players, like there's no scouting reports. No. I mean,
1: there might be scouting reports from high win. school. You just to, win, yeah, yeah. You, you just win. go you, you out there. You either win or yeah. you you go home. Yeah. Like that's
0: it. And just imagine all those, you know, pro NFL like number one picks that were just absolute duds. Well, it's because they look good on paper. And you take someone like Tom Brady, who is the greatest quarterback that ever lived. You can't deny that statistic. He was like six round. A six round pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. He wins Super Bowls at age 40 what
2: is he 42 he's, 40, he's 41 he's 43 I think he 43? won 43, 43. Oh I geez. think he'll be
1: 44 next yeah, season man. it's, on, it's just so crazy yeah. that might be that, might, that Super Bowl at age 43 might might be the most impressive professional yeah. like stat of all 100%. time uh, at- uh, athletic stat maybe if Nadal is uh, winning the French yeah, open at see. See. 65 yeah, yeah. 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 65
0: <laughs> like, he's in a wheelchair <laughs> yeah, still yeah. somehow yeah. wins yeah, just, <laughs> grand <laughs> slams tennis <laughs> tournaments against you know the likes of Novak Djokovic's grandson at at that yeah. <laughs> point <laughs> it could happen yeah it was like it could happen he's, i don't ever see him he lost against rubloff today but anyway um, more on topic <laughs> um that's an amazing thing about tennis players is that you know you have to go out there and just win yeah one-on-one it's not a team sport
2: no and and and, and that's where again that's and, and the other psychology of tennis we've talked about this before that is pretty unique to other sports is and, and you'll have to help me with uh the the tournament but so college athletics, right? You compete against other schools as a mm-hmm. team. If you win on uh, court one, you get X amount of points, two doubles. But you also play in a competitive environment where you play a tournament. What tournament where everybody just got thrown in
1: the pot? A uh, flight, basically. Oh, or no. Well, we did individual regionals and team. and team, so, there's, so, there's, so that's what I mean. Yeah, individual yeah. regionals. So yeah. you get basically
2: thrown into the, like, the big girl and boy tennis, where it's yeah. like it's all for all yep. again, and and mean that's that's the crazy oh, that's thing right. about um, you know tennis as a whole. Like
1: you are on a you. team, yeah. and all of a sudden you're playing against everybody in there. Like yeah. two- your your spot on the team, like it, 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 yeah. it all hinges on your personal you. <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's crazy. I think other than state in high school i don't think that ever happens because even the individual tournaments at least from my experience in illinois if there's an individual tournament you have one team you have a team put their number one uh player against the other number one players of the high school and then same thing with number Mm -hmm. two um you never ever ever unless it's state would ever play your number one guy against your Mm -hmm. number two guy in the same bracket, right? Right. unless maybe it's like a challenge match or yeah, something like yeah. that. We're in high school or in college tennis with the ITAs. I'm assuming that's what individual yeah, mm-hmm. tournament yeah. um, stands yeah. for. It happens a lot more often than you think. Yeah. So. Yeah, the time management one is a big one. Yeah. I'm
2: I, I just that. think that's. I think that's the the biggest wake up call for for a lot of um, you know kids coming in. That's that's really tough. But I mean, I, I think the other thing too is kind of circling back is if you think you have a desire to play college tennis and you haven't ventured out, I mean, that's, that's number one step right there. You you, you have to get out there. Time is ticking. Time is ticking. And, and, and it, but here's the other thing too. It can put in perspective though of if you went out and played a tournament and you got, let's say you did okay. You know, you didn't, you didn't win it. You won a round or two, but you competed. If you, you want to get to that next spot, it gives you a baseline of what you have to do to get to that.
1: You have a tangible like, result to work yes. on. Yes.
2: And, and if you choose to work towards that and there's no guarantee you're still going to get there, great. If you kind of pull back and say, you know what, I'm content being possibly three on my high school team and, and that's okay too. And I think, but it, at least it gives you a starting point to what your desire is ultimately going to be instead of more of my mentality. Like I'll just make the team because I was the best player where I came from and then getting, you know, a gut punch.
1: We're like, Whoa, everybody here is way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a starting in the previous episode of the Shancast, we, we, we talked quite a bit about perspective and, and having uh, the lens of like our past experiences yep you you have to begin that process as a as a junior player even if, if you're not educa- self-educating yourself mm-hmm. about the reality of what your skills really are then there can be a lot of very yep. frustrating like moments ahead if you don't if you don't venture outside your bubble then eventually when you have to it can it can be a, a huge uh, like like you said yeah. like punch punch to the gut. And I know this
0: is going to be more geared towards um I'm assuming the parents or maybe even so, some kids that are in high school that are wanting to play college tennis or even yeah. college tennis players themselves but expose your kid out there and just yeah. have him see where he falls in, but not the, in the hierarchy gutter. of tennis. What? <laughs> not in the gutter
1: though. Yeah. Not in the gutter. No no, no yeah. that's
0: a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe uh, like muddy, like in the backyard. Yeah, I yeah mean, like, you yeah. know,
0: Rub some dirt on it. Rub on it. Yeah, right,
1: right, right, right. Yeah. But in a controlled yeah. environment. Controlled yeah, environment. yeah,
0: yeah. And eventually start pushing them further and further and further. <laughs> you don't want it to <laughs> if be they a shock yeah. culture. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. oh, I always want people to be the best tennis players they could be. So start you, slow. You gotta know
1: what the player wants too, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they might just want to have fun fun what's that (laughs) that's when you make fun of yourself after double faulting yeah you you make sarcastic (laughs) comments good old all right well i feel i feel like we did a good job covering this yeah Uh, it was um interesting topic Mm -hmm. uh one i didn't really really see coming but i'm I'm glad we talked about it and i I hope it helps a lot of junior players and and parents out i know i'm gonna i'm gonna be sharing this Link to uh, yep. I, we get so many questions yep. and comments in our YouTube comments and our Facebook page. Ooh, LinkedIn would be a good one for this, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah absolutely. I'll post it. Yeah, so great conversation, uh, Mark and Matt. Thanks for your perspectives. Thank you, thank you. And would love to hear from from all of you. And if you're watching on Mark's uh, channel, I feel like that's gonna be like kind of the the to main to, place yeah. for uh, for like actual dialogue or, or feedback. Make sure to let us know what you think in the in the comments down below. Make sure to subscribe and we'll see you in the next episode.